0: And uh, I wonder if you could turn in your Bibles with me to the book of James, um, chapter number three. And uh, we want to begin reading at verse number three. And um, this is a very well known passage of scripture. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and warn you ahead of time that um, those of you that have been a part of Life Church for a few years, you've heard this theme a time or two. Uh, I want you to allow me to preach to, first of all, our new people that uh, haven't heard this and need to grasp an understanding of the power of this principle. But on top of that, I've learned in my own experience that many of the most important biblical principles get rusty and and kind of get shady over time. And I realize that I'm losing touch with some of the greatest sources of spiritual power because it just kind of goes to the back of our mind. Sometimes it needs to be brought to the forefront again. And we're going to talk about a powerful principle today that is is a continuation of last Sunday's teaching and preaching as we talked about reversing expectations last week. And uh, I want to give some more specific, practical insight into how to accomplish that. In James chapter 3 and verse 3, it says, Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which, though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. We'll stop reading right there. I want to read from the NIV, that same passage. It says, when we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn around the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body But it makes great boasts. And uh, for a few moments today, I want to speak about the rudder. I want to talk about the rudder. Let's ask that God would speak to us today, that God would impact us in just the matter of the next few moments, uh, that the Lord would give us valuable insight and revelation that will impact the direction of our life. Jesus, we thank you today for your grace to us and your mercy. We thank you, Lord God, that uh, you get your message across to us in one way or another, Lord. But your interest is in us finding the right way and making right decisions. I pray today, Lord, in the next few moments that you would empower and equip your servant to deliver the word of the Lord today in such a way that it would make a mark, that it would leave a mark, it would make an impact, and it would change people's direction. And we thank you for your promises and your word, and we give glory to you in Jesus' name. And everybody shout out amen. 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 If you're thankful for the goodness of Jesus, put your hands together and clap to the Lord. Amen. And then in just a moment, you may be seated. God bless you. Last week, we brought to your attention the fact that your expectations determine the direction of your life. That if you expect blessings, if you expect expect or anticipate that God is going to do something in your life, it's called faith. And faith moves God. Faith brings things into our life. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so your life will move in the direction of your expectations the flip side is true when you are controlled by a sense of angst or fear about the future you bring negative things into your life before job or when job was going through the experiences of all the bad things that were happening in his life you remember what he said he said that which i feared has come upon me and even though he was a righteous man His fear brought situations into his life that maybe weren't necessary. So our life moves in the direction of our expectations. And so if you have an anxiety or a a sense of foreboding about the future, it's time to reverse that expectation and believe that God is fighting for you and that things are going to work out for the good for the church and for those that are a part of the body of Christ. It's called a reversal of expectations. But today I want to talk about some, a specific way in which you can control the direction. Because a lot of times we start out the right way. We, have, we hear a word God impresses on our spirit the importance of faith and positive expectations and so it impacts our minds and uh faith begins to operate in our spirit and uh the bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the lord so after you hear a a word from the word of god about faith it brings faith into your spirit and all of a sudden you have positive expectations about what god is going to do on your behalf and what god is going to do in the future that's the power of the word of god how many are thankful for the word of god amen but you got to reach out and take hold of the faith because two people can hear the same sermon one can be inspired and filled with faith and the other can leave with the same level of fear and anxiety and depression and discouragement about the future faith cometh but you got to get on the bus with it amen and so it's important to receive and accept and take hold of the word of god but i want to give you more of a specific way of changing the trajectory and direction of your life we understand that it starts with what you're thinking starts with what's in your mind somebody said it this way it's impossible to be depressed without thinking depressing thoughts your feelings are a product of what's going on in your head so when you learn to show discipline with your thinking now I know there are tough times that all of us face and we're not supposed to go around pretending like we're not hurting when we are hurting that's not what I'm saying we're not supposed to pretend like we've got a bank full of money when we have nothing in our bank account that's a bad that's a way to get into some real problems right especially if you keep spending like your bank's full when it's empty I'm just spending in faith brother I'm putting this on the credit card in faith no you're putting it on the credit card in foolishness amen the the, the borrower servant to the lender so that's not faith in operation that's folly in operation amen so the reality is we don't have to pretend like everything's okay and try to mind over mad or take control of the situation and pretend like everything's great but it's about learning to control our expectations based on our understanding that we believe that jesus christ is on the throne And that he's going to receive glory. And that I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out begging for bread. God sees his eye is on the sparrow. Not one sparrow falls from the sky. And he makes sure, amen, that even the lilies of the field have clothes. Doesn't he care about you? Isn't he gonna make sure that you are clothed and fed and taken care of, amen? And so it's about having a positive expectation. But the Bible tells us in this reading here, a powerful spiritual principle that we need to be reminded of over and over and over and over again. And it has to do with the power of our tongue. This passage in James chapter three, it's it's really amazing. It says the tongue is a small member of your body, but it boasts great things. And it compares your tongue and its impact on your life to two things. It compares it to the bit that's in the mouth of a horse. And it also compares it to the rudder or the helm of a great ship. I think these are perfect illustrations to describe how our tongue can determine the direction of our life. A couple things. First of all, it says the bit and the rudder are very small compared to the whole body of the horse or the whole dimensions of the ship. It's a very small and seemingly insignificant thing. However, the rudder or the bit has the power to determine the direction of that horse or the direction of that ship. Let me make something else very clear to you. In the case of the horse and the ship, there is something else that could determine the direction of the horse and the ship. What are they? First of all, with a horse, a horse's direction could be controlled by its uncontrolled, wild, innate nature. It could be controlled by things that are happening inside, demons on the inside, problems and issues, situations, backgrounds, circumstances it 's called our sinful nature. It could control the direction of the horse. Well, what about the ship? The Bible says that the ship can be controlled by fierce winds from the outside. so your life 's direction could be controlled either by your sinful nature, and I got some witnesses in the house that that'll take you the wrong direction, won't it? It won't take you where you want to go. Or your life's direction can be controlled by fierce winds and waves from the outside. That's called circumstances, situations, things that happen in your life. And there are a lot of people that make excuses about where they are in life it's just who i am it's the way i was raised it's things that i have to struggle with that are a part of who i am that's one thing that can control the direction of your life because that's your wild innate nature or people will blame where they are in life based on what happened to them this took place this circumstance this storm that i went through the financial crisis that i experienced the divorce that i went through that's why i am who i am but the bible says that there is a small member that rather than you letting your life be controlled by that inward sinful nature Or letting circumstances of life determine where you're going to end up. uh, There is a small member of your body that can seize control over the direction that the storm is pushing you in. And can seize control over the direction that that old sinful nature is pushing you in. And determine a brand new, a more profitable, and a better direction for your life. And it is your tongue. Everybody say, Wow. That's pretty significant. That's pretty powerful. A lot of times we begin to go in the direction of whatever's happening in our life. We take our hand off the helm, we take our hand off of the wheel, and we begin to let the helm reflect whatever's happening in our life. Like a ship that's being blown by the wind, if there's no direction given, being given to the helm, it's just going to turn in the direction of whatever way the storm is pushing the ship. And that's the way people who have no discipline and haven't grown up spiritually and don't understand the powerful principle of directing your life by allowing the Lord to direct your tongue, they end up, their mouth and their words describe where they are rather than determine where they want to go describe their situation and what does it do it allows the wind to continue to have control it allows the storm to continue to push them in a direction when the helm or the tongue is simply reflecting whatever is happening it allows come on now if nobody controls the bit what does the horse do whatever's in the nature of the horse is going to happen Whatever's in the nature of that wild animal is going to happen. That's the way the bit is going to go. And when you don't learn the power of yielding control of the bit and the the, uh, rudder to the master, then your life will drift in the direction that your sinful nature or your storm will push you and your mouth will just reflect wherever you are rather than determining the direction of it. And so, notice what the Bible says. The Bible says that the ship's life can be controlled by the person that's in charge of the ship, by the master, if they have control of the rudder. And the rider can control the direction of the great horse if the rider has control of the bit. Now, don't get it twisted. When we're talking about the rider and the captain, we're not talking about you. And we know it's important to exercise self-control. We know and understand that we have to guard our words with an understanding that it will give direction to our life. But this passage is not teaching you about you controlling the rudder. And it's not teaching you about you controlling the bit. It's talking about letting God have control of the rudder and letting God have determination of the direction of the bit. It's about surrendering our tongue to God, to his word, to his purpose, and to his direction to let his direction for our life unfold. It's about having a tongue that's yielded to the master. Because when our tongue is yielded to the master, even though it may be one of the smallest members or seemingly not necessarily significant or visual members of our body, it controls our destiny and our direction. While we understand our thoughts are important and the condition of our heart is important, it's the real issue. Because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And so if you're speaking doubt, then your heart needs to be refilled with faith. If you're speaking fear, then your heart needs to be refilled. Amen. If you're speaking uh, foul and uh, filthy language, then the Bible says, how can out of the same uh, fountain flow both bitter and sweet curses and blessing? How can you bless God with with the same tongue that you curse the man that cuts you off in traffic? these things ought not be you got problems with your heart when you got a stream that's coming out two different directions we've got to have a heart that's surrendered to the Lord a heart that's surrendered to God so that out of our mouth flows amen Amen. not criticism not complaining not moping not murmuring not griping what is that? That's taking our hand off and letting our circumstances control our tongue. But what we've got to do is uh, do what the sweet girl from Tennessee said. Jesus, take the wheel. Come on. Guys. I want you to take control of this tongue. I want you to take control of my mouth. And if there's anything that I'm speaking, anything that I'm declaring, anything that I'm using. See, it's just so easy to use our mouth. We've done it our whole life. We're good at speaking. A lot of people have no self-control with their conversation, with their speaking. Somebody called it diarrhea of the mouth. I know that sounds gross, but you know what I'm talking about. Everything just comes out, amen. But when your heart is surrendered to the Lord, and when you do like David and say, Lord, set a watch on my mouth, amen. I understand that what I say is going to determine my direction. So while you're watching my heart and while I'm declaring, Lord, create in me a clean heart, O God, Lord, also watch the direction of my words because my life... One thing I know, my life is going to move in the direction of my words. So if I want God's purpose and will to be done in my life, I've got to surrender control of the rudder to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Somebody give him praise right now. When Jesus is Lord of the heart, then he's also Lord of the lips as well. And so, while the bit and the rudder have power to direct, they can also affect the lives of others. The words that you speak can impact other people. A lot of damage can be done by a runaway horse. A lot of lives can be lost in a shipwreck because there's a lack of control over the ship, a lack of control over the horse. Not only will your life be impacted, but there are other people's lives that are impacted when we don't practice discipline with our words. That's why I believe it is in the will of God for us to speak blessings over lives and not curses. To use our tongue to build up and to encourage, not to tear down and to discourage. God's given you the ability, amen, to give people sound advice, strong direction, and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and to do it with your mouth. Or you can be a negative testimony. You can give people every reason not to serve God because of the negative witness of what comes out of your mouth. You have power to control your direction of your life. Life through your tongue, but it also impacts other people as well. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Interesting story in the Word of God that has to do with the power of your tongue to determine the direction of your life is the story of the children of Israel as they were trying to get into their destiny. And the destiny for their life, God's promises to them, was that they would enter the promised land and that they would possess. The promised land and as they were on the banks of the river, Jordan, ready to possess the promised land, Joshua, who had taken over leadership of the children of Israel after the death of Moses gave instructions to them after God supernaturally brought them over the Jordan river and they're waiting to possess the first city in their inheritance, which is Jericho joshua receives a word from the lord the word is you guys remember what they were supposed to do to compass the city they were supposed to do some cardio for seven days and on day seven it's leg day because you're going to compass it seven times amen see somebody walking in the i saw a couple walking in the gym and and the guy looked down at his watch and was like and i just listened in he said his wife said what's the matter he's like it's leg day it's leg day (laughs) It's a bad day at the gym. And on day number seven, they were to march around, past the city seven times. And then when the signal was given for the priest to give a loud blast on the trumpet because they'd been leading the procession with the Ark of the Covenant on day seven, after seven marches around, then they were to lift up their voice and shout loud for God had given them the city understanding that there was power in their voice with the promise of God to see the victory come. But I want you to notice that Joshua gave them the instructions that God had given them, and then he put a little addendum on from himself. When you look at the the passage, he said, oh, by the way, between now and then, I don't want anybody to talk, right? He said, I want, here's the deal, Mum's the word. We're gonna play quiet game, which any of you that have kids... No, that is a master manipulation. We're going to play the quiet game or I'm going to pull my hair out. We're going to play quiet mouse, still mouse for seven days. Nobody talk. Don't talk in your tent. Don't chat with each other. Hold your comments to yourself. Just stare, store up that shout. I want you guys to act like a bunch of Buddhist monks for seven days don't say anything. But on day number seven, open up your mouth and let your voice go out like a trumpet. Now, why did Joshua give that command? Why did Joshua tell them to be quiet? Well, you see, you have to go back 40 years to get the answer to that. Sometimes people do something and you don't understand why they do it. You got to go back and find out why they, do it, they did it. I was a part of Indiana Bible College when it was at its earliest existence. There weren't very many rules back then. By the time me and my classmates left, there were a lot of rules. <laughs> so when people are like, why is this rule there? Uh, refer to ninth, class of 1992, and you know why today we live with what we live with. Somebody knows what I'm talking about, right? And so why, Joshua, did you put this check on the people? You go, go back 40 years. And it was time for a previous generation to take hold of the promise of God of the Promised Land. Forty years before, God's children were ready to march into the Promised Land. They had just left Egypt a few months before. They had passed by and got the commandments, and now it was time for them to enter the Promised Land. But while they were there at this place called Kadesh Barnea, And about ready to go in to take the land, uh, uh, Moses at that time, who was the leader, sent in 12 spies to spy out the land and to come back and give them a report. Anybody know what the report was? They came back and 10 of them had a report about the promised land that was foreboding and negative and fear-filled. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, came back with a report that said, Look at the fruit. This is the fruit. This is a land flowing with milk and honey. Sure, there's giants there, but God's given us a promise, and we are well able to take the land. But what did the people do? The people didn't mix faith with the promise and instead agreed with the negative report and began to talk and murmur and complain. And say, Moses brought us out here to be slaughtered. We're going to die at, these, at the hands of these giants, the sons of Anak. We're never going to possess the promise that God gave us. Just two days before, they were all pumped to go in. But they hear a negative report, and all of a sudden, all they can do is talk negative. See, that's our problem. We're all good until we get a negative report, and then we begin to voice negativity. And what happened was that they agreed together to not accept the report of Joshua and Caleb, and they weren't able to enter the promised land, and a curse came upon them, and all of them that were adults died in the wilderness, and their bones were bleached in the sand. They never entered in. You know why? Because they talked themselves out of the miracle. They talk themselves out of God's provision and God's promise. And I want to challenge you today as you hear the word of the Lord. God wants to do tremendous and great and powerful things through your life. But you need to learn to get an agreement with the word of God and speak words that agree with the word of God. Joshua said, I had one generation talk us out of a miracle. I'm not going to let you guys talk us out of the miracle now. So hold your tongue until it's time to shout for victory. And when they lifted up their voice and shouted, 40 years later, the sons and daughters of the doubters because they watched their mouth, were able to move in to the promised land and possess everything that God had for them. Amen? Amen. Because there is power, the Bible says, in the tongue for good or for evil. And you and I are engaged in spiritual warfare. We have to be careful how we think, and we have to be especially careful about what we say. Because when we speak, we give life to what we are saying either good or bad you talk your way into a miracle you can talk your way out of a miracle I hear some people who the words that come out of their mouth are negative nothing good ever happens to me I'm never going to overcome I'll never be successful I don't have what it takes In this mess that I'm in, I made a big mess and I'll never be able to get out of this mess and things are not going to be any better. When you speak negative, your own words are paving the way for your future and the body is going to go in the direction. Your life is going to move in the direction of your words. So if you speak words of failure, you will live a defeated and discouraged life. And negative words will keep you from being the person that God desires for you to be. And if you speak something long enough, and you speak it with passion and with heart, eventually your mind begins to act on it and do whatever is necessary to bring it to pass why because you are changing the direction of your thoughts by what's coming out of your mouth the more positive your thoughts and words the stronger you will be through the trial and the sooner the trial will be over I know some of you are in the midst of a storm some of you have come through a storm some of you in the midst of the storm right now when you're in the midst of the storm There is a temptation to take your hand off the helm and let your mouth just reflect what's happening around you. That's the time when any good ship captain is going to be more vigilant with the helm during the storm than he ever is. More vigilant with the helm when the winds are blowing because he understands that if I don't control this thing, then the storm's going to put me wherever the storm wants me to go. But I have power by speaking positive by speaking faith in the midst of the storm. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, it's harder to handle in the storm. You can handle the helm while, while on calm waters, you can handle it with one finger. You're like, doo, 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 doo. Yeah. look at me, I can change the direction of this ship with one finger. But when the storm comes in, you got to have it, is it 10 and 2 o'clock? 10 and 2 o'clock, right? Who's in uh, driver's ed right now? 10, 10 and 2, am I right? 10 and 2. All five fingers wrapped around, and your thumbs as well, holding on to the helm because you understand that if I don't control this thing, things are going to get out of control. And during the storm, it's important when your finances are going through a tough time, when you experience troubles in your family, when you experience something that's hurtful at church, whenever you go through a storm, it's time to take hold of the words that come out of your mouth because now more than ever, you need to determine the direction of your life. Come on now. And when your flesh begins to act up, when that carnal nature begins to determine your direction, when you notice those flare-ups of anger that you thought you had under control, when you struggle with temptation that you hadn't struggled with in a while, when some of those things begin to bubble back up to the surface, what is it time to do? It's time to say, let's take hold of the helm right now. Let's take hold of the bit right now because that wild horse is trying to take over. As long as the horse is going along with the master, you can hold that thing with one finger. Just pull on it, you know, like the trail ponies. You don't even have to do anything. That's why they plop a little kid up there on a trail pony, and they're just like, hey, look, I'm driving the horse. This is so great. Isn't it awesome? Look at this. Wow. But you don't want to put a kid up on a stallion whose wild nature is still, is still out of control because that kid will be bucked and thrown because they've got to have strong hands to take hold of the bit and control direction. And some of you need to grow up and take hold of the reins. soon as that flesh rears up, well, I'm just going to struggle with this for the rest of my life. I guess this is my issue. I just got to deal with this. This is just me, blah, 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 negative, negative, negative. And you get on the phone, you talk to somebody else, you jump on Facebook. Let me just say your tongue can take the form of your fingers as well. Or the little one, one finger, little Facebook business. That's the same as your tongue. That can control the direction of your life as well. What do I post? What should I post? Post something uh, 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 upbuilding, something positive, something encouraging. Amen. Something that says that things are going to turn around, things are going to be better. Amen. Things that are going to change the direction the same way that you would control the words that are coming out of your mouth. Because I know when the horse gets crazy, it's hard to take hold. And when the storm starts blowing, it's hard to hold the helm. But that's when it's time to say, hey, I can control the direction even in a storm. Yeah. 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 Woo. Right. Yeah. Hey, you know what's amazing? Is if you learn to control the rudder in a storm, you can move faster in a storm than you do during calm waters. Yeah. Yeah. You can make progress faster even in the midst of a storm. And if you can learn to control the wild stallion by taking hold of the bit, you can get there faster even when that tough extreme out of control nature starts to flare up say we're gonna grow faster we're gonna get where God wants us to go faster by learning to speak there is power in your tongue above and beyond just positive mental attitude and positive speaking is understanding that my carnal nature has to come under the control when I have my tongue in the hand of the master come on somebody give God praise hallelujah praise god and so to skip through a lot and get to the end for the sake of time the bible teaches us that faith is generated from our mouth the bible said that the people who died in the wilderness and never entered into their promise god's called and chosen and covenant people that never experienced everything that God had for them, why the Bible says, it was because when they heard the word, the good news, the good report, they did not mix faith with the good report. And as a result, the good report didn't come to pass in their lifetime. Thank the Lord and His grace and mercy, their children got to experience the provision. That God had already prepackaged for them. But they could never experience what God had prepackaged for them because they didn't learn how to mix faith with the report. And instead of believing the word of the Lord and confessing the promises of God with their mouth, they opted to fall into murmuring and complaining and fault-finding and criticizing, right? The Bible says because they didn't mix faith, they never entered the promised land. And so I want to talk to those of you that are new Christians, those of you that have only been serving God two or three years. And I'm also going to talk to some of you that have been serving God for a while and you got stuck. The reality is, you can begin to make positive direction again. You can begin to experience spiritual growth again you can begin to experience usefulness in the kingdom of god again by learning to mix faith with the word of god and how do you mix faith the bible says the word of faith is nigh thee even in thy mouth that is the word of faith which we preach now many of you have heard this before but let me just say it again If you want to mix faith with the promises of God, you got to do it with your mouth. Because the word of faith is in your mouth. That's why I think it's really important in a church service. Some people come to our church service and they're like, why are these people talking during church? It's disrespectful. And I'm not talking about reaching over to your neighbor and saying, hey, look at what he's got on today. Can you believe that? He ain't even got a belt on. What's wrong with him? Gossip, gossip, gossip. Did you see his new car? Ooh, so. must have got a raise. And no, I'm talking about the people that shout out amen. And that some people sit sitting back there, let the preacher preach, quit talking. They came here and saying amen. You know what they're doing? They're mixing faith with the word. Because they understand that a promise doesn't fulfill until you mix in some faith. Amen. Praise God. You can have all the other ingredients, but if you don't mix in some sugar, them cookies ain't going to be any good. And you can have all the promises in the world, but if you don't mix in some faith, you're not going to want to eat the product of it somebody now needs to understand that the promises of God are allocated into our lives when we mix faith and we mix faith with our words that's why blessed people are people that are constantly speaking words that line up with the word of God I believe and I feel like something good is about to happen oh praise God oh praise God Oh, praise God, somebody. Oh, praise God, somebody. Oh, praise God, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand and praise the Lord right now. Come on, help me praise him right now. There's power in your mouth to declare it. There's power in your tongue. To seize the promises of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Two points as we close. Stay on your feet. Not going to be long. Two final points. And, and the answer is, is how... To get direction when the horse is raging. How to get direction when the storm is blowing me off course. Two ways. Number one. Instead of using your tongue to describe what's happening. Use your tongue to set direction by faith. For what's going to happen. So let's say one of your kids is out of control. One of your kids is full of the devil. One of your kids is full of rebellion. And you get on the phone and you share with somebody all the experiences and you explain to them what's happening and you begin to talk about your fears of what might happen. I'm afraid they're going to end up in jail. I'm afraid they're going to end up hooked on heroin. I'm afraid A, B, C, D, E, F, G is going to happen. You know what that's doing? That's taking your hand off of the rudder. And letting the storm determine your conversation. But somebody needs to learn to speak faith in the midst of a storm. It's a little harder. You got to grab a hold of that thing, you got to take hold of the helm. But you learn to speak and say, I know, I know that God's going to turn them around. Yes. Things look rough right now, yeah. But God's working on our behalf, God's turning the situation around. I know. This is a child of God. I dedicated them to Lord. I, 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 I put them and brought them to church when they didn't even know what was going on. And the promise of the word of God is that if you train up a child in the way that he should go when he's old, he will not depart from it. How's your kids doing? Well, not the best, but they're about to get better. Things are about to turn around, amen. God's about to move this situation in the right direction. Anybody had a storm hit your marriage before? We're talking real now. Next thing you want to do is get around your girlfriends and, and talk about how bad your husband is, right? Get around the guys and bad mouth or call your mama and bad mouth your spouse. That's dumb. That's letting the storm control the direction of your tongue. But what if you learn how to have discipline with your tongue? And what if you learn to speak faith about the situation? and say yeah bad things have happened pray with me, encourage me but guess what, God's on the throne God's working he's going to turn this around he's going to work all things together for our good well that's just trying to use your the power, positive power, positive power power, 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 positive attitude baloney that's bringing our words in lines with the word of God The thief came to kill, steal, and destroy. If your marriage is falling apart, it's not because God's doing it. It's because the devil's fighting against you. And you speak a word of faith uh, that the the devourer is about to be bound up, uh, that the one that would seek to destroy is about to be destroyed because the kingdom of heaven. Oh yeah, you already got the promises. You don't need any new promises. You just need to learn how to mix faith use your mouth to mix faith with the word that's for our spirit-filled people we just need a reminder need a reminder those of you that don't have the holy ghost those of you that have never experienced the baptism of the spirit maybe you're a believer here with us today you love jesus and you've committed your life to following him perhaps But you have never experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit as described in the book of Acts where when they received it in our reading in Acts 19 this week the Bible says and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Let me tell you today that if you want God to have control of your tongue You need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because otherwise, it's just your human effort trying to control a wild beast. You need the Holy Ghost. Somebody asked me before. Anybody heard this one before? Or this question? Why did God use as the initial evidence of the baptism of the Spirit? Why did He use people... Speaking in another language or speaking in another tongue. Why did he use this sign? Well, I think based on what we've heard today from the book of James That the Bible says that if the tongue is in the hand and under the control of the master Then the direction of the entire body is going in the direction that the master wants to go What better way? of indicating that this life is has been surrendered to the control of the master than for us to finally yield our tongue and let God begin to speak through us as the spirit of God gives us the words to speak. The first step to turning the rudder over to Jesus, the first step of putting the bit and the reins in the hand of the one that can give your life direction is to say, Lord, I'm giving it to you. Jesus is the one that saves you, right? But the Bible says with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You have to take the step of faith that says, I believe, Jesus, that you're on the throne. I believe that your blood washes away my sins. I believe that my only hope of eternal life is by putting my trust and my faith in you. I believe, Jesus. I believe you're the King of kings. I believe you're the Lord of lords. In the meantime, you use your tongue to confess that you're a sinner and that you failed and you've fallen short. All of us have, so you're in good company. All of us had to repent, so you're in good company and say, Lord, I want to change the direction of my life, but I can't control this thing. I need you to take control of the bit. I need you to grab the rudder and then teach me how to speak in line with your word but first of all I give you control and when you surrender control to the hands of the Lord and you begin to say Lord I believe Lord I thank you and then just begin to praise him and worship him when you begin to feel the presence of God just release your tongue and let God begin to speak through you say will I understand it probably not in fact you won't because the Bible says it's an unknown tongue you don't know what you're saying but you are speaking out as the Lord gives you the words to say as he has complete control. This is how it gets started. Amen. I just felt like I needed to say that. Because there's somebody here in this place today that hasn't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Some of you haven't received it because you didn't hear about it. Nobody told you that it was for you and that it would change your life. But today, from now on, you can't say that because I'm telling you the baptism of the Spirit is God taking up residence on the throne of your heart. And you're saying, God, first of all, I'm giving you control of everything. And the evidence is I begin to speak in other tongues. But as I walk out of this place, the fruit of the Spirit is going to show up in my life because you are king you're on the throne and you're in control hallelujah let's praise him one more time the storm's not in control. He's in control if you give him your tongue. Hallelujah, the Situation and your sinful nature's not in control. He's in control. I'm going to open this altar right now for those that want to respond to the Word of God today. Step out of your seats right now. Whether you're a member of this church, whether you're a guest, whether you've come here for years or it's your first time, I want you to make your way up to the front because the Word of God has been for you today. And God has spoken to you. And there are people that are going to receive the Holy Ghost today. There are people that are going to begin to practice speaking faith. There are going to be people that are going to declare the promises of God in Jesus' name. Come on, come on, come on, come on up to the front. Hallelujah. Hallelujah 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 i got any believers in the house i got any faith speakers in the house hallelujah this is awesome we're gonna pray together and i I just feel explosive faith in the house right now i feel explosive faith in the house there are miracles in this place today and I declare it, and I'm wondering if there's anybody that would mix faith with it. I believe that there are miracles for families, miracles for marriages, miracles for finances in this place today. God's looking for somebody that will mix faith with the promise right now. There is salvation in this house. There is the baptism of the Spirit and deliverance in this place today. I wonder if somebody would mix faith all across this place right now. I wonder if you just lift up your hands and begin to declare. Declare with your mouth. Begin to speak it. Lord I believe hallelujah. I believe in your power I believe in your presence I believe in your deliverance Lord God. I believe you're working on his heart. I believe you're changing the situation. I believe you're opening the door Lord God I believe that your will is being done I refuse to let the storm determine what my mouth says but I'm going to determine the direction of the ship by my words I declare it in the name of the Lord I wonder if you could reach over and pray with somebody. Come on, there's victory in this house right now. Somebody needs to just operate and exercise faith in this house for somebody. Somebody next to you can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They can receive forgiveness of sins if they'll confess, if they will repent. Hallelujah, in the name of the Lord. That's it, go ahead. of destiny, grace and mercy follow me, and I know I'm an overcomer, I will always give the praise to the one.